You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. My, my, do we have a lot of college football things to talk about, some of which are actually college football, which is why I think we're going to get uh, myself and my two co-hosts directly on reader questions, because we got a lot of good ones this week. So we'll just address the week that was and that will be through reader questions. And if we have any time left afterwards, eh, maybe we'll look at a couple of games, um, including Florida, Missouri, which we're pretty sure Florida's going to lose because we have to answer this first question, which has to do with Florida winning, which is a rare question. It has been a rare question for like, I don't know, three years at this point. Uh, Ryan Nanny joining us from Brooklyn. What is that question and who is it from? Uh, that question comes from Richard Johnson at R-A-G-J-U-F on Twitter. His question, when is the last time you were as shocked watching a Florida game as you were Saturday night? Um so, so I guess we can start by talking about the level of shock that occurred on Saturday first, because my initial reaction was to was to rationalize and to sort of say, like, look, they led by 25 points at halftime. All it took was, you know, if Ole Miss gets a quick touchdown drive to start the second half and uh, Will Greer throws a bad pick six right after that, Games, games right back in hand. So I was pretty much from the word go talking myself out of it. And I think that was just to rationalize the reality that I was not prepared for. Yeah, it was, it was very difficult because Florida actually won in manners that I haven't seen them win in a while. One, they were the better team. I don't know right. how that happened. Right, but- and they and – they, and they, 
chose to demonstrate that because there were times when Will Muschamp had the better team against you know decent opponents when he was at Florida, but the choice there was always this like lethargic form of judo where they would just let you fall onto uh, a sharp object first. Right, and that and I was think that if, was the if goal. If you had gotten like ten people to say Florida beats Ole Miss, what's the score? They go like ugh. Like fifteen to fourteen or yeah. something like that. So not, it wasn't just the win; it was like the complete dominance. And 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 you know, Will Greer just doing pretty much whatever he wanted on on offense against that I defense. Mean, like like there are a number of really improbable things for anyone who's watched this team post two thousand ten, really. And that goes even for two thousand twelve, when Florida won double digit games. Because if you watched any of those games, it's the, one of the most deceptive double digit win seasons. Um, ever. We were ever. Very, we were very unhappy that season. Even watching it, it came yeah. within a came within a blocked kick of losing to the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Like this was Will Muschamp was the idiot at the casino who showed up, asked the dealer what to do, and just won like eight hands in a row. That that was it, or you know, ten hands. But this was not that. This was decisive. This was a competent football team. Will Greer went twenty four for twenty nine. And, 24 and, for 29. And even, That's like actual quarterbacking. And even the five, like most of them were, ex- they were they were incompletions that you were like, oh, the receiver didn't make the catch there, or maybe you called. Like they were all good incompletions. It was very yeah. strange. I think he made like three bad plays. Like right. he lost a fumble, and there were two like like near picks that probably should have been picked off. But weird. even then, if it, both of them had been intercepted. He had four TDs. We yeah. haven't had four passing touchdowns uh, in a year. Yeah. It was – I still don't know what to make of it. And I, 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 I hate that. I would, I would really love to walk away from this game and just say, oh, Florida, Florida is on the way back. They have got it fixed. I, uh, like, am I an asshole because a big part of me thinks, oh, this is the best this team is ever going to play this season, and to hope for that again is foolish and stupid. No. Okay. No. I mean, as I'm an asshole as, for other reasons, but... Now, if you're talking about, like, the most shocking since, since whatever game, I think that the mind immediately goes to Georgia last year when the Gators just ran wild on Georgia after having nothing to offer against Missouri. But... That sort of has like the yeah, well, it's Jacksonville factor to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, things happen in Jacksonville. And then like you go back before that, and you'd say oh, they lost to Georgia Southern, and it's well, sure, lots of people lose to Georgia Southern. That's not it either. No, I I have an answer that I can propose, and I'm I'm digging a little bit for this one. Um, for for me, it's all the way back to the '06 title game when everyone. Everyone assumed Ohio State was a better team, and Florida just blew their doors off. Like uh, it's it's not quite that level, but there's nothing really since then that I would say better or worse is more surprising than this one. I haven't been this surprised by the result of a Florida game since I think the Mississippi State game we lost at home. Mm, that was in two thousand one. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about uh, the 2010 season. Oh, 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 oh. When I'll, when I'll remind you, Georgia still didn't beat us. That would be, I think, the 10-7 game. Yeah. When 
when we're at home and Mississippi State runs the same play like 30 times. I think they ran, they ran a counter play like 30 times that game with Chris Ralph, right? They just kept running Chris Ralph <laughs> over and over again. And I remember looking at that and seeing 10-7 and thinking, when did double digits become an impossibility? And that mindset, like that sat in for like f- four or five years. Um, that, 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 was when that, that was when my brain fell into the, oh, we're terrible now. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you one from the first year of the Ron Zook era. LSU? Uh, no, it's the game right before LSU, and that, that's the Ole Miss loss on the road. Um, uh, the LSU one's a good candidate, too, because at the Ole Miss road loss at least fell within the comfortable Spurrier territory of drop a SEC West game on the road for no goddamn reason. So maybe it is the LSU game because you expected that they would bounce back from that, and they just got destroyed at home. Yep, in in and- a way that they, they had gotten destroyed at home earlier, but it was by Miami, and, and when Miami was good. No, there are moments you know when your team has completely lost the plot and has become a disorganized group of people no longer attempting the same endeavor all at once, but, right? That happens. Yeah. And that, that game has a moment. It's when LSU calls a fake field goal, and the holder, I think, walks untouched into the end zone from like 30 yards out. And at that point, I was like, oh, our head coach is a former special teams guy. We're never going to be good again. Yeah, because – what was really shitty about the the O two Mississippi loss was that Eli Manning did not play well in that game. It was it was a decidedly uh, decided victory for the Florida defense in that game. held held Ole Miss below two hundred yards, I think. But like Rex Grossman played like a total asshole, just a total asshole. The the winning score for Ole Miss ended up being a pick six. And the, the only other scores they had in that game were a safety and a rushing touchdown. It was mm. just so goddamn weird. Yeah, that's there's always this moment where you realize, okay, this team has changed fundamentally. Yeah. And the, the, that's usually the moment. In that LSU loss, that's when I thought, like, oh, cool, my youth is dead. I don't have to worry about that anymore. But I was young at the time. You don't understand. Oh, it must have been so much worse for you. I was a fucking sophomore in college. Yeah, no, I could just move on to like the bitter heart, the bitter cold of, I could inhale it deep in my lungs, the bitter cold of adulthood. You still had to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some shit. Yeah. So that's, that's the last time I was probably this surprised. In the positive sense, it'd be the 2006 game when we just put it on Ohio State. That was a delight. That I'd was like a delight. W- I'd like to watch that again sometime. That'd be great. I have a good friend who um, from law school who is an Ohio State fan, and he before that game out of nowhere just came up to me. He was he was one of the he was like a super nice guy, not competitive, not an asshole, and even he came up to me and was like, "So do you think Ohio State's going to win by three touchdowns or f- four touchdowns?" And I didn't say anything until the next day, and until every day after that that I saw him. Sorry, and to Marco. this day. Sorry, Marco. Mm. Three touchdowns. Oh. My ass. Yeah, that was good. I got to watch a man who had Ohio State dolls. He was one of these bizarre, like, you know, Buckeye State fascists who collect Ohio State things. And, yeah, I mean, they usually weigh somewhere between 250 and 320. Mm-hmm. 
somewhere in there, occupying a seat by himself at the Taco Mac in Decatur, Georgia, where I watched this. He put two of these weird little dolls up on the table, ordered like 23 beers, and ordered like 500 wings. And he left at halftime and took his dolls with him. And watching him exit with his buffalo wing stained hands, clutching the two dolls and walking out <laughs> was still one of the most magnificent things I have ever seen. And, and one of my worst moments as a human, because I was like, I feel nothing but complete joy in this moment of your total pain. And I experienced no regret. Even in the memory of it, I'm like, yeah, what a horrible thing to think about somebody. God, that feels great. It's just delicious. It's why it, it is, if we're being honest, it is why Ohio State fans just relished everything that happened last year. Absolutely. Because they had been they had been basted and marinated in suffering and shame and pain for so long. Like this meat is so juicy and tender, the shit that Ohio State fans have been through. Well, let's not give them that much credit. I mean, come on. No, I, I. You say that? I mean, they lost a few BCS bowls. Yeah, I lost a few BCS. Come on, they were they were more they were more in in the school drama. They were more the ambitious and insecure and gifted kid who still finished second to the effortless genius year after year after year. Right? But they we, were still better than Michigan for most. Yeah, of them. I mean, they're not Wazoo fans. <laughs> I understand. He went suffering. I understand what you're what you're saying, but they deserve nothing, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Deserve got nothing to do with it. I'm just saying, in in a what is this? A seven year span, they lost in bowl games to Florida twice, to Clemson, to Texas, and Louisiana State last and, year. And they and they beat Arkansas, and it didn't count. They were chip. They were they were chick Hicks. From Cars, the Michael Keaton character. Mm-hmm. We won, finally! Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I always finish second to the king! That's who they were. It's also important to, to remember that this is a school that lost to South Carolina in consecutive Outbacks Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> including the former... <laughs> including, uh, I believe that was Ryan Brewer, former like Mr. Football for South Carolina. That's- or no, a former football for Ohio... Playing for South Carolina. Uh, I'm checking here. Yeah, right. No, no, these were these were the Phil Petty years. The Phil Petty years. Oh no, yeah. these were the Ryan Brewer years. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Ryan Brewer, Mr. God. Football, Ohio. Lost the Lou Holtz twice. Old, yeah, man. Old ass Lou Holtz. Yeah, like that isn't even prime Holtz, man. No, that's like yeah, that's like old, busted, like Ted Danson on. Uh, oh Becker. no, you're thinking of Becker. Becker. I'm thinking of Ted Danson on Becker. You're thinking of Becker. Yeah. Is does Brutus the Buckeye ever do you ever get the do you ever worry that he's in blackface? <laughs> hmm. Never thought of that. Just next time you see him, just think about that. As I you hear the glass clinking in the background. You ever think Brutus Buckeye's <laughs> podcast is already off to a great start. I'm giving I'm giving ambiance. So I think we agree that 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 this is we were both absolutely shocked. We're both still trying to figure out whether Florida's actually good. And that they'll probably lose to Mizzou this week, right? Like, that's the natural, like, Ole Miss beat Alabama, and they lost to Florida. Florida beat Ole Miss, and now we're going to lose to Mizzou. Ole Miss fans, for their for their part, are fully in panic mode. They're like, I, I think we'll win seven games. I feel like this roller coaster has at least another bump on it, because 
Florida, Florida at LSU, that's now a night game. So now LSU fans are extremely fired up about it. And they have this little thing in South Carolina, which, sure, that'll be like Mm -hmm. 19 to 18 or whatever, but they'll get out of that fine. So, like, I don't know who gets the bigger, like, crazy letdown here, Florida or LSU, in that game next week. Because this could really go either way. And whoever it is, it's sort of just kicking the can down the road, obviously, because... You know, the the big horror week is coming, but somebody's catching it next week. Yeah. I think everyone catches it every week. Yay. Yeah. It's fun. That's, that's 2015. Everybody hurts. Speaking of, man, like, I feel so bad. Doug was so optimistic last week. Oh, we had Bulldog. We had noted Bulldog fan Doug Gillette on here, and he was very optimistic. And I, I will take Was he? Yes, he felt he he felt so positive. I mean it sounded like relatively Georgia positive. No, yeah, but for Doug that was glowingly yeah, positive. Yeah, for Doug. For Doug, yeah. Doug is It was it was he used to do manic Doug depressive Doug. Yeah. So so that was like relative that was like that was like a, a six on the manic scale, I'd say. Yeah. Doug is the surgeon who's like, hey, there's like a thirty eight percent chance you survive this. That's pretty dope. Yeah, and this. Who said all along? Oh, don't do this. I'm going to do it. Don't do I, this. I don't, get, I don't get to do this very often. All right. All right. I'll state that. Disclaimer. Mama told, I, Mama told you. I am wrong so rarely. <laughs> I mean often. <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong about how often you're wrong. God damn. You can't even get my wrongness right. <laughs> I said Alabama would drop a train yeah, on Georgia because they were going to try to be dumb and try to fight try to fight a brick with a brick. And nobody brings bricks like Nick Saban. Nobody. It's just big, dumb. It's just they, they playing this big, dumb pro-style offense. Brian Schottenheimer has absolutely no creativity, which everyone had said. They couldn't even block them. They couldn't block them. They couldn't get the ball downfield. They played the dumbest possible game plan. Like Mike Bobo running the no huddle would have been way better against this. Way better. We we I told you this already, but I'll share it with Jason now. Jason, how many times do you think Georgia went three and out in this game? Oh, I wasn't paying attention, but uh, let's go. Let's let's put it at nine. The answer is ten. The answer <laughs> is ten times they ran three plays and punted. My guess was my guess was eight. So. It exceeded even my worst expectations. And on, so we're, we're both pretty attuned to the Georgianists. But and on another not, drive, they threw a pick six before they could get to play two. So we'll count that. Yeah, that's a punt. That's a punt. That's a punt with bonus. That's hey, mul- that gets you the ball back, doesn't the, it? That's the multi-ball punt. Multi-ball. Right after that, they got three more offensive snaps. That's efficient. Uh huh. I I really can't overstate like. How I mean, this is one of those things where like you don't have that clear like vision often of how things are going to go, but like it it wasn't LOL Georgia. It wasn't oh this team folds every time they have big expectations, <clears throat> which they do. <laughs> but it was more a matter of like modus operandi for both teams totally not matching up. Right, like Ole Miss is designed to beat Bama. Like sure. that's that that is spread them out, throw it up. Got a bunch of fast wide receivers. Got a quarterback who's going to take some chances. You get a couple of turnovers. Hell, you get like one lucky tip 
And, sure. and, and Jesus likes you. You've, 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 you're tithed up. You're prayed up. You are so blessed. Obviously, we see Georgia is, is, has some things to confess, first of all. And then after that, yeah, they're, they're kind of designed to lose to Alabama. Yeah, they're designed to lose to Alabama. Georgia's designed to beat other teams. This is just not one of them. Georgia's designed to like sort of get past everybody. Like it's it's not designed to beat better Georgia. Question though, um, Georgia is going to because again, all things Georgia fit within a very rigorous narrative. Georgia is going to take this loss out later in the season on another team in such a way that causes at least some people to say, well. Maybe Georgia got a fix. Maybe Georgia's something to be reckoned with. Who is, oh, who is I, that I, team? Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee's a good answer, but but I'll 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 throw one more at you at you, and that would be Auburn. Oh, Georgia might might save it for Auburn because Tennessee is like scrappy. Tennessee, man, that's and like dead. Tennessee's. Yeah, they're going down to four straight losses. I don't think anybody's buying right. buying Georgia too much. Then again, if you beat Tennessee by more than a score, <laughs> I don't know if any. I don't think anybody's done that. So maybe that's impressive. <laughs> I think that that would be kind of impressive. The other thing that would be kind of impressive. This is a like the Tennessee Georgia series. Um, as of late, it's had some extremely bitter moments. Yes, like very nasty. Uh, bitter. A lot of recrimination. A lot of retaliation from year to year. I think, in terms of how this game goes, I think Tennessee at this point would take just a vicious ass beating. Like I think they almost crave that because the cruelty. <laughs> oh my! The, the cruelty of almost, don't spank me, Georgia. Almost beating Oklahoma, almost beating Florida. Oh, Reverend, having Arkansas on the ropes and losing all. Like, wouldn't you just rather get beat by thirty? Isn't that it easier does, to it process? It does sound relaxing for Tennessee, for everyone involved, to just take that hell. Just, just a, yeah, like down by thirty in the first quarter, like Texas against TCU. Just lay back and say, "All right, ah, that's done. All these let's other, get them next week." All these other games, they've been hooked up to that machine from the Princess Bride, and they've just been having the life sucked out of them. But this time, just you know, get a sword stuck right through your neck. It's quick. The sword's name is Nick Chubb. Yeah, and that's um, and that's one thing that like Georgia fans can feel pretty good about. Not everybody's going to have the like giant concrete, you know, stanchions of Alabama's defensive line. They're right. just they're just not. I mean, things things get easier. They do. Once you're done playing Alabama, they do, and then you have to play Missouri and Florida, who kind of do have pretty good defensive lines. Yeah, we're basically the same. <laughs> basically have similar defenses. <laughs> then you have to chase around um, what three straight option run teams to close the season. <laughs> <laughs> like that would get like three straight three straight teams with running quarterbacks. Like by the time they get to Georgia Tech, as bad as Tech has been, they're going to be either so sick of that shit that they've beat Georgia Tech by forty. Just like, just stay still. <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> You're a quarterback, goddammit. Act like backwards. one. If I just see you, if I see you ball fake in one more direction, uh, they're going to be so sick that they either like beat them by 40 or they lose by 10. Like, there's, there's no middle ground there. You know what Paul Johnson's going for, though? He's going for that slow, that drawn out loss. That, oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. You just lost by five. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> too too bad you lost by a weird score. You lost, <laughs> you lost by a number that doesn't even make mathematical sense. You lost by an that, imaginary. That'll number. look good on a commemorative rivalry T-shirt. Well, we beat you by the square root of negative three. 
Let's take another reader question. Uh, Ryan, uh, you gave one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer one now, which is from Prada James, at Prada James on Twitter. It's a question about Florida because we did ask about Florida. Do your towels ever fully dry after a shower or do they just stay damp all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, Let me boy. introduce you to a couple things about living in Florida. One, uh, your house is just going to grow mold on the outside for yeah. no reasons. And no reason, just none. Uh, if you have stucco, it's going to turn green. Your towels, they're never going to be completely dry, ever. You can get them warm and dry, warm and wet, or you can get them cold and wet. Those are the two states of towels in the state of Florida. Cold and wet's pretty good. Cold and wet, yeah, because it's 85 degrees outside. Right, right. Minimum, minimum. If you live further south, it's 90 plus. I think a really good uh, – I think we could make a really good documentary about – just set up a camera outside any major airport in Florida. You go Orlando, Tampa, Miami. It really doesn't matter. And just put the camera right outside uh, the sli- the automatic sliding doors where people go to <laughs> wait for you know a car to pick them up or to hail a taxi or some shit like that or to go walk and get their rental car. Because the moment when you leave – You've, you've been on a plane, a pressurized, climate-controlled environment. You've entered an airport, <clears throat> one of the most climate-controlled buildings in the state, and you've exited and had a hot, sticky blanket of atmosphere thrown on, thrown on you. And that moment is horrifying. And I think just watching that for an hour would be like the most beautiful nature documentary we can make about Florida. It's a lot like that – like to go to one of our go-to references, it's a lot like the moment in King of the Hill when they go to Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. And when they go to Phoenix, they – like Bobby Hill stands out and goes, oh my god, it's like standing on the sun. And Pinky Hill says, this city should not exist. It's, it's a monument to man's arrogance. That's what people think when they exit the airport in Florida. It's, so, it's why we keep looking for Atlantis because we're like, well, we can live in this. So probably it would have worked under the sea as well. Yeah. And the other thing you should know about Florida, by the way, is that you'll never, ever be comfortable. You just won't. Nowhere is comfortable. Um, There's not a comfortable spot in the entire state. You will never not sweat. And you will never enter a car without (sighs) – Performing the Valsalva maneuver before you get into it. Here's the thing that you know where you will be pretty comfortable inside a Sam's Club. It's true. It's true. You want to know why? You want to know why people are fat in hot places? All hanging out at the Sam's Club, <laughs> getting them free samples. Getting them free samples all day long. Sam's Club has everything you need to survive in Florida, like chain, chain restaurant food that you can make at home, cargo shorts, DVDs from eight years ago, and mobility scooters. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of i i mean to other people i think sam's club is a place where you acquire supplies for your home to florida they are sort of our zombie emergency relocation centers just go yeah. to the sam's club and live off 99 cent pizza for the rest of your life it's not that different from your regular life really your your cart sir why thank you why thank you wally <laughs> Yeah. Wally. Wally's basically about the state of Florida. Hey. Oh, oh, hey, Jason. Did you drop out there for a second? Jason was gone for about five minutes, but we just kept going. Yeah. Luckily, the topic was uh, Florida towels, was it? (laughs) 
It was. It okay, was, cool. It was, it was, we've moved on to uh, – I don't even know what we're talking about now, actually. Uh, I was about to ask Jason if he had a reader question he would like answered. Oh, um, to be quite honest, I, I man, uh, y'all have any more? <laughs> I have, we have so many before yeah. we discuss the upcoming week. For instance, I have yet another one, which is again about the state of Florida. This I think, is actually, I, think I would like, can we have Jason answer this one first? Cause I think he is re- equipped to answer it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. This All is right. from, this is from Patrick Fox, yeah. which is at Pat underscore Fox four, two, four. And by the way, I broke a policy. I normally don't answer questions from guys who have their girl in their Abbey because I just think it's weird. Like, are you afraid someone's going to steal you on the Internet? It's like we're having a conversation, but your girl's watching us. (laughs) Right? Like, oh, (laughs) talking to someone on the Internet. Wait, the name is Pat? No, it's Patrick Fox. Oh, Patrick. Okay. I was going to say maybe it's Patricia. No, no, no. In his picture, though. There's both of them. It's so a nice picture of them, to be it's fair. A great, they're, they're nice looking people. Maybe it's <laughs> Patricia and Rickard, Richard and they sh- Rickard. <laughs> they sh- they Rickard. Sh- I mean, he, he, is, he is from Louisiana, so Rickard is a possibility. That's his Rickard. Name. Rick, Rickard Bro with an X. Rickard yeah. Bro the Eighth. Rickard Bro the Eighth. We call him Skunk. I call him Rick Bro. Yeah. But it's either that or he wants to demonstrate that he's landed a woman, which is weird that you'd want to show the internet that you're a registered sex haver. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, look, look. I'm, I'm, I'm mateable. It happened. We put on formal wear and everything. Okay, I've made enough fun of your picture, dude. <laughs> uh, Patrick Fox asks a great question. What's the most Florida thing each of you have ever done? Ooh. And I, I, I mean, Ryan has a good one, Jay, and I, but, I'm, I'm trying to narrow mine down. I've got two or three on deck, so let's, let's let Jason take it away. Okay. Um, have I told you about the moped? No. <laughs> you told me no. You told me about the moped. I'm already it, excited about this. It's okay. good. So I haven't broke it down on air though. Not that I recall. Okay. Well, whatever. It's not like anybody listens to this. <laughs> um, so one of my fr- my my rich friend. We were, he had, uh, he was the one who had always had all the stuff, like, uh, had all the video games, uh, always had, you know, just, just all more toys than all the rest of us who were from not exactly poor, but from not quite the same side of the tracks. He had in his basement, um, there, in addition to like a boat, cars, and all kinds of stuff, there was this moped that we were all always dying to try out, but he would never let us. It was kind of a uh, no, no, it wouldn't be safe, but we sort of always assumed this. He's like lording it over us that he's got a moped. This is in high school, by the way. This is, wasn't yesterday. Or yeah, I was like, hey, this was, three, <laughs> this was three weeks ago. This was after church. So me, me and my wife were. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so one night we decided. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to wait until this dude goes to sleep. Then we're going to take the keys. We're going to take out the moped. I don't care if it's 6 a.m. We're staying up and we're doing it. Um, And he knows this is happening, so he's forcing himself to stay awake too. Eventually, around like 5 or 6, he finally goes down. He's also the biggest one of us, so now he's got the key in his pocket. So we have to take the key out of his pocket. Um, In which that results in, you know, there's he's throwing around, throwing hands. There's some wrestling. Somebody gets in a headlock, whatever. Eventually, we get the keys out. Uh, and he decides, you know, fuck it, whatever, I'm going to sleep. So 
We take out the moped. By this point, it's about 6 a.m. The sun is already coming up, and it's time to start uh, riding on, on, the, uh, on the machinery around the neighborhood near a golf course where, you know, cops actually show up and stuff. Um, and I think I got on it like 4th or 5th, so like 7 a.m. I haven't slept in 24 hours. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was coming around a curve. Here comes a Ford Mustang. This is late 90s, so every car is a Ford Mustang. And went flying off it, shattered my right forearm in like four places. Uh, my arm looked like a uh, what's it? They're not a parenthesis. It's not a bracket. What are those? Oh, like the curly parentheses. Yeah, a little yeah, curly yeah. parentheses. Yeah, right. That was that was my arm. Like it was to the point where I'm trying to like bend it back into shape. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was in so much shock where it didn't hurt. I was like, you know, trying to like crunch my arm back into something straight but i still had to drive the moped back and it's like, <laughs> that involves like twisting the handle and i'm like wow this is uncomfortable you know like my arm not connected and having to be used and i'm bleeding from like my knees my my ankles my my head i wasn't wearing shoes or a helmet or a shirt um finally got back and our <laughs> here's a good detail our youth pastor was among us he looked at my arm and said, dude, that's pretty messed up, referring to my arm, which is in like a lightning bolt shape. Um, and then he's like, you want me to run you to the hospital? And I was like, nah, I got to take a nap. I'm, I'm just going to call my dad as soon as I wake up. He's like, all right, dude. And he goes to sleep immediately. Like, like what fucking morons? Like, I'm bleeding from like my entire body is an open wound and my arm is about to fall off. And we all just decide, let's take a nap. And then, like, 10 a.m., everyone wakes up and, like, yeah, that's still pretty messed up. So, altogether, that's, that's, that's about as Florida as it gets, as God far as I know. damn, that's Florida. I mean, I was, mm. was going to ask, in the middle of the story, the first thing I thought of was, did you go to the hospital? And I assumed that you did, and that was going to dock you Florida points. About a solid <laughs> 10 hours later, yeah. went to the urgent care. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> after my parents finally found out about about all this wow. uh yeah i had to have surgery and i had to have a big ass external metal thing in my arm like bending it back into shape over the course of a month when like i still have scars and i had screws in it for like a year all from riding a fucking moped but like it wasn't just riding it it was like not telling any actual authorities outside of like a maybe stoned youth pastor for almost <laughs> an entire day that's fucking morons that's really good I'm not going to lie. That might be better than my the Florida story I was going to tell. No, yours is pretty good. Okay. I, I like, yeah, no, I like there's, it. There's plenty of Florida within all of us. That's true. Um, I think I've already told my most Florida story on this podcast, which basically involves driving to <clears throat> driving to a sinkhole in the middle of Alachua County, jumping uh, it, it, like an unregistered, in no way regulated sinkhole, jumping off of a high dive the wrong way and landing straight on my face uh, from about 20 feet. But the second story uh, the, that I will tell, because it's new, uh, involves – so uh, in high school, uh, I was on the tennis team because I'm very athletic – uh, and tennis team was basically just an excuse to leave school early and go eat something terrible for, for lunch before you went and lost a tennis match because our tennis coach in true Florida fashion was the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the uh, high school football team. I don't think I ever saw the man lift a racket in three years, but he did teach us how to do push-ups on command. Um <laughs> So we we left school one day to go to a tennis match, and we went to Checkers. And uh, we were driving. We were which in- again, 
that's how you didn't have to say I was in high school. You could have said I thought checkers was food, so we ate it. I mean, we we put checkers into our faces. I mean, I therefore can't, you know how old we were. I can't think of a worse thing to eat before exerting yourself athletically than checkers. But we did. Uh, so we go to checkers. We go through the drive-through. We pull into the small parking lot in front of every checkers, where we are eating our meals like animals in the car. Um, being that this is uh, the early two thousands. Uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, it would have been the late 90s. We decide to uh, start cranking the rap music. I am nearly positive we were listening to the Method Man, Red Man album. Uh, we open up the sliding door of the car that I was driving, a Toyota Previa, a minivan that looks like an egg. Uh, we all start bouncing up and down in the car so hard and for so long that the shocks fall out of the van. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to call. I have to call my dad. Be like, "Hey, we got a problem here. This car is inoperable due to meth and red." I feel like that's part of one of their videos. Like everyone's b- bouncing back and forth in a car so hard that something bad happens. If that's not, you might need to sue. You think so? I think, you think they stole you th- that. I think they stole that from. Oh, you. I thought you meant I needed to sue Toyota because I could have said, "Hey, based on this video, this was safe and and yeah, y'all should have known." I, I was thinking like. Red and Meth stole that from you, but yeah, Toyota should they should have known that was a known issue. I just, I just, as I just demonstrated I just, in this safety video by I, Red, I, Red and Meth. I just hate that you like messed up a Previa because you can turbocharge that thing up to like three hundred horsepower. Here's the thing: that Previa is. It, it, by the time I went to college, we had we had given it away to some charity because we had run the thing into the ground, and we still saw it in Gainesville being used. It, it <laughs> was course. a fucking tank of a car. They're unkillable. There's probably somebody getting a bad hand job in that Previa right now. I, I would only hope so. Okay, here's my story. Um, I had to uh, I had to choose between a couple of them, but this will ser- this will center around living in Gainesville, which I think is a really good slice of Florida because it's slightly rural, but also filled with idiots who don't know how to live from all over the state. So it's kind of a United Nations of Floridiana. There was a place called the Crack Shack, and it was a house that a friend of mine who's now um, a quasi-respectable person lived in. And he lived there with a guy who had a girlfriend who was a diabetic who also decided to drink heavily. I don't know if you know what happens when diabetics drink heavily. It ain't good. But she balled right through it because she was a soldier. And we went there, and the neighbors in this place, there were two houses, two. Both of them, these like horrible... X-Files crime scene concrete bunker style houses in the middle of the woods, but just off 13th Street in Gainesville and next to the Haverty's. The, Haver- <laughs> the Haverty's is an important detail. Now we're cooking. Yeah, <laughs> quite literally because we were cooking on a shopping cart mm-hmm. that had been laid over a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? That had been started with wood that was taken from broken down furniture that we took out of the back of the Haverty's for firewood. Mm, that's good chemicals. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the good stuff. <laughs> They're like, you want a hamburger off this? And you're like, no, no, I'm not going to eat that. And then an hour and a half later, after you've consumed 400 beers, you're like, oh, I'll take that. It's the wood glue wait, that wait, makes wait, it wait, tasty. Wait, wait. So we're talking about actual like cookout grilling. 
on the shopping cart. You've never seen the redneck shop, you know, where you have the shopping cart that still says cash and carry on it, <laughs> and you lay it over With the, the fire. Yeah. And yeah. you do it as a joke, but then somebody puts the hamburger on it. You're like, you're pot committed at that point. Right. So the neighbors came over. The neighbors worked at a nearby bar. I don't want to name it. It's called Munnigan's. And Monaghan's basically stayed open and is probably still open because they sell Coke. That's how this place stayed open for years. I'm sure they're clean now and nothing's changed. But the neighbors came over and the neighbors used to do this. They used to like hit deer, right? They would see deer and accelerate. <laughs> they would accelerate and hit it and go, oh, it's roadkill. I guess we could take it. And they would bring it home and bury it in their backyard. Bury and- it. Yeah, and then cook, start the fire over it, put it in the ground, cook it that way, and then bring it up, and they would eat it with pocket knives. I'm making none of this up. They were really cool people. One of them, who had been in jail frequently, wrote poetry that he never wrote down. He just liked to sort of, you know, speak on things with a pocket knife full of venison in one hand <laughs> and usually a bud ice in the other. So we're having this night, and for some reason – Trivial Pursuit comes out. Um, as does some, like, there's drugs. There's a lot of things going on here. And it's hot, and there's really no air conditioning. And I think we just watched a fight where somebody had gotten to, like, a seriously racist fight. Because, I don't know, if you, put, if you put on boxing and the two people are of a different race, inevitably these, like, wasteoid friends of friends show up, and they start, you know, basically being completely racist out in the open. Yeah, during- that's okay in boxing. It's apparently it's okay. I didn't know that. This is when I learned that was that night. So anyway, afterwards, to soothe everyone's nerves, we played Trivial Pursuit. Now, the diabetic girlfriend, who's also an alcoholic, is laying on the uh, couch, and she is completely passed out. Like, I think she's dead. Like, put a mirror under her nose every now and then. Maybe she's dead. Did I mention she was like a local TV news anchor? There, no, was, that, there, no. was, that, there was that too. So you'd see her like on the news the next day like, Hi, everybody. I'm named here, and welcome to – Channel whatever, um, which was really fun because the night before you saw her completely passed out. And anyway, this is the actual crux of the story and the point that I'm getting to. We were playing and everyone's giving the wrong answers because everyone's very drunk, right? Like, okay, you know, who was the president assassinated uh, in, you know, 1901, you know, ceding the presidency to Teddy Roosevelt, you know, and somebody's like, Bob Barker, you know, yes, that's right. Take a wedge. And at this point, I answer a question, and I think I answered it close to correctly, and out of a dead coma, this woman just bolts up and goes, you all think I'm fucking stupid. Well, I'm not, and I'm going to show you. And she bolts out of the door, like from a dead sleep, like bolts out, grabs someone's keys, gets in a car, and piles into two trees before zipping out onto 13th Street and to God knows where. <laughs> you guys to work. You guys think I'm stupid. It's two in the morning and she just guns it and bolts out, swerving down the street. Like it reminded me of Brad Wesley Roadhouse, right? You know, like that kind of swerving, like all over the road, just doing that down 13th Street. I own this town. So if I could give you the ultimate Florida experience, it's being sweaty, probably incapacitated by several different kinds of narcotics and alcohols. And seeing somebody endangering other people's lives without being able to do a damn thing about it. Can I? That's, and and just the incredible rallying in the face of adversity. Sure, <laughs> just you know, life finds a way, man. Florida, the most like, Florida thing Florida you can life, do. Florida life, 
See, that's that's the thing. This is this is this is the common thread between Spencer's story and Jason's story. Florida is not sleeping when you should and sleeping when you shouldn't. That's part of it, yeah. And then you and then you you know, in the in the in the in the teen romance stuff, the vampires yeah. they're when they when they stay up all night they get real smart and magical. For <laughs> well, humans, especially those with a little bit of Florida in them. It, the opposite is true. The opposite is the case. The, the most, the most Florida story is one that neither of us can ever have. None of us can have this story, and it's because it's one of the founders of Hooters, who died. When he was on a cigarette boat, going like seventy miles an hour on the water, hit a rogue wave, and they never found his they body. Never found him. That's true. <clears throat> uh, can I give you a Munigan's up update before we go on? Oh sure, because I I spent some time. Uh, I found the Yelp page for Munigans, uh, three and a half stars. Mm. I, I'm going to read a portion of my favorite review on the page. Uh, this is a gentleman named Adam who's disp- who's saying that uh, despite the reputation and the scuzzy SOBs that are always there, I've had no problems. Uh, even though he feels like he sticks out, but he says, "quote." <clears throat> Not as much as one poor soul I recently saw there. Guy in his 30s, drinking all by his lonesome. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I like to get out of the house and enjoy some me time with a few beers and relax, enjoying the peace and quiet. What makes this sad is that it was June, and this man was dressed like Captain Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. So... That's it. It's Munigans. Yeah, I'm okay. sure it was. I'm sure it was like a sweat wicking spacesuit. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, it was, like, it was dry I'm, sure, I'm sure it was Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's. Uh, I think it was. Um, that's just Florida. Florida is where you go when everything else in your life has gone wrong, and you don't want to pay taxes. That's true. Florida. Let's move on from our extremely rich conversation of most Florida moments and go towards actually looking at this week because there are a few interesting things. One, uh, SMU at Houston on Thursday. I just want to like get everybody a heads up. You might think about watching, watching Washington at USC. Don't do that. At, at 8 p.m. on ESPN2, watch SMU at Houston because they're both really fun. That's it. That, that's, that's my preview for anything that isn't on Saturday. Count, yeah. Counterpoint? Yeah, I agree with you. Watch SMU at Houston. But keep an eye on what's going on at Washington USC because let's – I don't know. Let's get real crazy and say Washington is leading that game in the third quarter. You might want to watch at that point. Yeah, You might want to watch USC fans realize that they're the ones stuck with Sarkeesian now. And also because if nothing crazy happens, Houston will be running away from SMU at also that point. Also that. Also that. Oh, yeah. That's going to happen in the third quarter. But yeah. there's going to be two solid quarters of intriguing football with two coaches who will probably in two to three years be coaching somewhere else for more money with slightly more talented players. One will be at Texas. <laughs> one will probably be at Texas. But this is the point in USC season. They're 3-1. and one. They had that nice bounce back win from Stanford. Optimism is at uh, is is extremely cheap. For USC fans right now, and and a Thursday game on the road is is definitely or a Thursday game at home. That's definitely Which, where you want to spike it. If it's at home, I mean, Sark's near all his all his favorite hangouts. That could be just as deadly. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Um, I didn't say that. You didn't say that. Uh, also, by the way, on uh, on Friday, if no, you no. 
No. No. What are you going to say? Nope. Nope. Just don't. North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. Don't don't watch it. Don't. Okay. So bringing us to Saturday, what sticks out on Saturday for you, Jason? Uh, Let's see. We'll start in the noon slot. Um, (laughs) The eye turns to Oklahoma, Texas, but don't watch that shit. (laughs) I mean, it'll. uh, Because you know know what's We know exactly how this game goes. Oklahoma's way better than Texas, and it does not matter. It does not matter. Texas is going to win by like 17. The, the, The final score will be within two. I don't know what it'll be, but. You, the, the throw the records out the window, all that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that Oklahoma is way, way better than Texas. I think at this they make them get up, get up so early. The results just get lopsided and unpredictable, right? Like college students aren't awake at eleven a.m. I think whenever you're in proximity of like fried Oreos, you can only play so well. Like when you know, like the fried Twinkies. I mean, that is not prime athletic condition. I mean, I think like LSU could handle it, but. Just the air makes Texas, your body. Texas, you ain't built for this, Texas. Just the air is so fatty that it makes your body sort of tired and sleepy. Fried air, they fry the football. Which like, oh, I've been breathing cheesecake for the last hour. You got to be kidding me! <laughs> if LSU played this game, they'd be undefeated. This is why Big Tex set himself on fire. He couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I could never <laughs> eat it, and yet I smell it. That's got to be, yeah, oh man, when Texas gets down by like 37, that's good. Big Tex didn't die for this. <laughs> I still I still sing that to myself, by the way, at least once a week. Yeah, Big Texas on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other the other games uh, of note on this day we have uh, Georgia at Tennessee, which we've already said. Yeah, Georgia's gonna just manhandle them mm-hmm. if if the script goes the way we think it should. Uh, go ahead, put your money on Tennessee. Uh, then further down the road we have uh, Wisconsin at Nebraska, which is at three thirty. Uh, but you know, Mike Riley might show up at like three forty-five. <laughs> hey guys, what? Oh shit! I think it's more that he's got to leave at about five ten. Five ten. Because all three of their games, all three of their losses this year, uh, have come down to basically the the last play or so. Yeah. The so don't watch. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. So just set an alert. Get a friend to nudge you mm-hmm. when that game enters the fourth quarter plus fourteen minutes. And you'll see the important part. Uh, Arkansas at Alabama. I think this has noble noble effort written all over it for Arkansas again, right? I think Arkansas can start to rebuild its credibility. <laughs> Basically, you know, start to work its way toward back exactly what it was last year, where it was like, by the end of the year, this is one of the best teams in the country. That starts, <laughs> that starts Saturday <laughs> when they lose by five, something like that. Even 12 is probably fine. That'd still be better than losing to Toledo, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's going to be. Getting the ball back, eight minutes left, eight or nine minutes left, down by like a number that doesn't allow a field goal, right? 17. Like four. <laughs> down by four. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. And then nine to eight, eight to nine minutes left, and Arkansas will attempt to matriculate the ball down the field, and it'll just be excruciating. And everyone at the end will say, well, they almost beat Bama. They were right in it, man. They were right they were. in it. They're right in it. Florida at Missouri, the sure loss for Florida now that we've had a good game. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Uh, an interesting game that I don't think a lot of people are necessarily looking at yet because we're not all into the Big 12 just yet. But Oklahoma State, that is undefeated Oklahoma State at mm. West Virginia. Okay. Coming off of a 
22 loss. I'll take the ears. I don't know what the spread is, but I'll take the ears and the points. Damn. A cool. good de- a good defense that did not look good. They did their offense did put them in some bad situations. I don't I don't think that game was quite as big as it looked. Uh, the Oklahoma game and also Oklahoma State is unbeaten because of two straight uh a T-Boone I'm I'm making money signs and 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 um making it rain hands gestures over here. Two straight weird Big 12 refs things in Oklahoma State's favor uh that ended up contributing to the victories. Hey, listen. We, you, we can say that now because one of them wasn't Texas, so we we can we we can we can bemoan Kansas State's plight. Poor Kansas State. We if feel you, bad for Kansas State. If you get eight breakfast sandwiches at the QT, you get a free first down. <laughs> and that's, that's a, and that's why Randy Edsel has never had a first down. Yeah, but in the quiet, in the like quietly undefeated teams, Oklahoma State lurking there, and nobody really sort of paying attention to them. I think there's quietly undefeated, and then there's like, oh yeah, undefeated. Can we see some ID? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is an ID check game. Oklahoma I, State, thank you. Oklahoma thank State you. did a business. They did. <laughs> look, look at them. They turned in a project on time. Um, I think they're a little better than that, but yeah, I would, I would go ahead and take. Uh, West Virginia in this game. A game that I think has the promise for the highest comedy for the uninvested uh, viewer. That would be Miami at Florida State, a.k.a. AKA talented people playing untalented football. Al Golden's the last one game stand. Miami gets up for all year. So, not, not after it. Man, it's... I mean, it's nice that Miami started the collapse ahead of the Florida State game this year, so nobody can accuse them of losing the Florida State game and then quitting. So that's a plus. <laughs> maybe maybe they figured, like, maximum effort until the end of the FSU mm-hmm. game. That's not enough. We need to go ahead and save some from before and combine that into the FSU effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I think this at best is Miami dragging, like grabbing the foot of Florida State so that they both get sucked into the wreck of the ship as it sinks. <laughs> like that would be the best hope for Miami is to not necessarily win this game, but to ruin their seasons together. No one will No one will have anything. I mean, I looking at this game, like you can say, like, ah, oh, sure, Miami will play hard and all that, but I, I mean, I, I kind of think FSU's being underrated at this point. I mean, I think they're eight, nine, ten at the polls, which is mostly just because that's where they started and they haven't moved. But like, when you look at the actual numbers, it, to me, they look a lot better than I think what a lot of people are assuming. A lot of people are hearing Everett Golson's trash and whatever. No, he's fine. And like the offense is, it's um looked up something the other day it's like it's it's 25th in in yards per play which isn't terrible but i think mm-hmm. it's a lot better than mm-hmm. uh the, the narrative so to speak yeah, and, sitting and, you had a game in there against boston college and that'll wreck your numbers every time and, so and I mean, wake forest yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> you, you stepped in the wake forest vortex <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, sure, and, this all sounds and, bad after they just who Wake they, Forest by a touchdown. I but. was going to say 24-16 over Wake uh, Forest. Unconquered! <laughs> I mean, I, I think we can look at FSU as being, sure, they're not they're not 2013 FSU, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like they're a little bit better than they're getting credit I just, for. I just, if, if Oklahoma State is the let me see some ID undefeated team, Florida State is the let me see some ID, oh, you just slipped me $50. Okay, you're cool. You're cool, come on in. Yeah. Fifty dollars is is a bit much for a Florida State <laughs> person. I'm thinking they'd they'd start with a ten. Let's be real honest. This is now, a, this is a half filled subclub card. If we're talking comedy games, I think I can one up you there in that same time slot. 
Michigan State at <laughs> Rutgers. Yeah. What are you doing? No, no, Rutgers, no, no, no. Hear Rutgers, him out. Hear him out. Rutgers is bad, mm-hmm. but that hasn't stopped Michigan State so far. And oh. also, it's at Rutgers. So it's basically last week's game when they tried really hard to let Purdue win, and now it's a road game. This is, this is a gr- good week for both Michigan State and Ohio State to exercise the demons of why do you keep looking not very good against bad teams? Because they get to play the two arguably most disorganized and shambolic teams in the Big Ten, Michigan State playing Rutgers and Ohio State playing Maryland. Like, oh, but, but let me give you that let me give you that ten o'clock heater though. Okay? Ten o'clock right. Eastern. All right. You know where I'm going. All right. Jason's least favorite team in college football. <laughs> that's, 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 that's no longer true. Versus Vers- his most favorite team. Versus his most that's, favorite. I'm being slandered both directions. <laughs> yes. I'm going gonna, gonna to type it on a note and send it to you so you can sue me for libel, too. Let's but get then, them both in. But then it's copywritten, too. So Yeah. So I, mean, I got all three. Uh, Cal at Utah. Yes. So, now, so I like less. Cal just fine this year. The the issue, it's not any sort of an of an ideological disdain for Cal, and it's nothing against the university or his fans or anything like that. What I don't like is when bad teams throw the ball 80 times because it makes the game last five hours until 3 a.m., and I'm the one who has to stay awake till all this bullshit ends. This is, this so, is what's known as, me, Fel- that's, this is what's that, known that, as that, Felder's complaint. Basically, yeah. I mean, if yeah. if you if you if you work in 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 this sport, it's sort of you you just want things to finish. And when a team is doing this for no good reason, just so it can limp along to three and nine, then sure, you develop an animosity for that team. But when it actually works, that's fine. Now we're talking about woohoo, fine. You know, uh, throwing the ball around, putting up yards and stuff. That's fun, sure, great. So yeah, I, I have no problem with Cal this year. Okay. Okay. Even- I mean, there there are no Utah. Even but, when they're playing your beloved Utah, who, sure, I, I prefer the Utes and all, but still, no, no, no. If if Cal wins, that's fine. Yeah, this is again the rule of Pac-12 round robin pain that Utah has paid it to Oregon and will now have to receive it at the hands of the unexpectedly good Cal Bears. Just why I'm taking Cal. Also, uh, the better quarterbacks on Cal. And then, oh, yeah. and then Cal later in the year will lose to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Propelling Northwestern into the playoff picture. Correct. This is that's what the Pac-12 this is there. Is science. Pac-12 is just there to screw up as many people's seasons as possible, including their own members, and propel a rogue team into the final stage of college it's football. There to ruin as many things as possible, including the playoff. It's there, <laughs> including the playoff. It's, it's there it. so a yep. one-loss Northwestern team gets in the playoff ahead of a one-loss Notre Dame team. Jesus. Whew. Northwestern goes and plays a 10 to 4 game in the playoff. <laughs> okay, beautiful. we need to shrink this back down to two. It's beautiful. Can we make it three teams? Good. Let's do three. Let's teams try three. <laughs> this, is how, this is how a two loss LSU team wins again. That's already been hypothesized that, that, not, that a three loss LSU team will make the playoff, beat three undefeated teams, or two undefeated teams, and win the national title. Less miles peeing on your salad bars since 2005. <laughs>